afternoon good evening uh, to everyone out there who's listening in to our v2020 vlog uh, today's vlog 15 thank you for joining us wherever you are uh, whatever dimension of space and time you're in within our universe thank you so 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 much for being with us once again uh, really excited about today's show um, it's kind of a continuation from last week. We were just talking about, um, about this in the green room uh, before we went live on air. Uh, I think it's, it's quite apt. And, uh, you know, like we've been saying, everything is really flowing with the ebb and flow of the universe. You know, we want to talk about human energy this week, which is particularly important astrologically because we're going through a full moon in Aries. Aries is number one. It's a full moon. And uh, I think uh, Robin was just highlighting that uh, Mercury is about to go into retrograde. I think this month you were saying? Yeah, um, I was listening to, to what, another channel and I want to say she was uh, showing that like mid-month, the 20th or so, it is start, it's going to actually, it should be going in retrograde. Yeah. So lots of very, very powerful energies at the moment. And I'm sure they're revealing themselves quite obviously in our own private circles. You can see it in the media. You can see it out in the real, in the matrix, you know, energies, tensions, everything's really high at the moment. Yeah. So I think this is the reason why. So it's a good time to sort of uh, discuss these things. Right. Where do we start off? Um, hello, by the way. Um, welcome everyone in the panel, in the background. Hi, everyone. Hey, Martin. <laughs> hey, everyone. Yeah, we've got obviously Robin and Pete, our resident guests. Uh, we've also got Keith and Akai and Danny and Max in the background. And I'm sure a few others will join in at some point. So where do we start? Um, well, I, I want to start with uh, where I am currently physically and, uh, and just note, you know, talking about energies, uh, the last two weeks since coming to Portugal, as you all know, I've been talking about the, the difference in energy. And um, obviously, now that I'm really boots on the ground and I'm starting to physically meet people who live here, uh, some local Portuguese people who've always been here, and others expats or foreigners who've moved here from other countries, mainly Western countries. So the UK, uh, Denmark, uh, Scandinavia, um, Holland, Germany, um, the States, Canada. Um, a lot of expats. In fact, the town that I'm in, 25% uh, of the population apparently is foreigners, which is incredible. So one thing I'm noticing for sure is that, uh, you know, the expats that are meeting, the foreigners who've moved here, not everyone is on the path, so to speak, on the spiritual path. Uh, but every single one of them have got something in common. Every single one of them have come here because they felt they couldn't live where they were. They felt that the energy there wasn't right, things weren't right, they didn't like how things were where they were. So they moved away from that paradigm 
and they felt that Portugal, for reasons that I've been saying, just feels like the energy is right. You know, it just feels it just feels right to be here. The people, the atmosphere, everything is just right. The energy. So all of them that I've been meeting and speaking to them, all of them are saying, "Oh yeah, for sure, there's something not right about this world," and they're all at different degrees of awakeness. Let's call it that. Um, along this journey, so it was really, really interesting, and I'm sure as I meet more people, you know, I will begin to see a better picture of where people are collectively, uh, particularly within this community that I'm in. But it's also interesting to see the correlation with the local people. You know, we talk about the matrix and its control system, the hypnosis, and now I'm sort of really starting to see a pattern. You know, so for instance, in the UK where we were, you know, the hypnosis is being carried out through high frequency energy. You know, everyone is really strung up. Like we've been talking about the sexual energy is extremely high. Um, you know, violent energy is extremely high. People are angry, people are on edge, people are anxious. All these things are really amplified. And a lot of it is amplified through um, television, like we've been saying through the media. The media, I think is the big, big portal, particularly in the West, um, of how they're hypnotizing people, if you like the media and these corporate structures. In places like Portugal, that are a little bit more off the beaten track, um, they do it in a more subtle way. Um, you know, culture is such a big, strong thing over here. But I've also noticed, you know, I hope I don't offend any Portuguese people, <laughs> um, but I noticed that the Portuguese energy is almost the opposite of Western energy. I mean, the people here are so laid back, it's unbelievable. They're almost asleep, completely asleep. And I don't just mean that asleep mentally, I mean asleep physically. It's like people are drowsy. It's like uh, when you speak to them, when you see them, like everyone seems like in this zombie mode. And I'm talking about the locals who live here. And it's very bizarre to, to see it. It's like they're in slow motion. It's so physical. Whereas in the West, people are asleep, but there's still a, a liveliness to them. People are still hustling and bustling. And, and uh, even within that sleep, sleep state, there's still a bit of action happening because of the nature of that paradigm. So it was interesting just to make the comparisons of seeing um, someone who's in the West, who's um, an NPC, let's call them that for now, we'll, we'll get into that topic later, and an NPC who's maybe in a place like Portugal and the difference in, in their behaviors in, the, uh, in how they play out their characters and in the programming. It's just amazing to observe from a third person perspective. So I thought I'd share that anyway. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just enjoying um, making the comparisons and, and learning and just sort of trying to figure this all out from, from a different perspective. Right, does anyone want to add anything on before I continue? Um, no, I'm good. Just keep on going as you're going. I think that's fascinating. No. <laughs> yeah, so um, energies, you know. Um, I was just saying to Robin in the uh, in the back room that uh, you know this is a really big topic. We're going to go into all sorts of avenues today, but uh, I'm going to start off from my favorite topic. Uh, whenever you talk about anything, which is the um, spiritual or the astrological side of things, um, you know, as most of you know from the information that I've put out, that uh, you know, I, I definitely propose or. I know, rather, I think we all know that um, everything is energy, obviously. And uh, us as human beings, particularly, we are star energy, or we have star energy within us. 
which is what we call our consciousness or our spirit. And of course, this spirit has got different traits or different markers, uh, what I call elemental signs or energies. And these astrological elemental energies are linked to this physical world. So obviously the four main ones being earth, wind, water, and fire. So, you know, we all have these traits within us, but we all have, um, we have them in varying degrees. So like I said, you know, my elemental astrological sign, uh, a chart would be fire is my, no, water is my number one sign. So I'm very strong on the water side. My number two is um, fire. My number three is wind. And my number four is earth. So, you know, we'll talk about this in a bit more depth in another hangout. And it will all make sense for those people saying, well, I don't understand what that is. Uh, but certainly, once you understand how those elements work out in nature, you'll almost be able to see how your behavior or how your character as a human being is reflective of those natural elements or how those elements behave out in nature. So we are all of obviously symbiotic with the natural world. So, you know, saying that, you know, talking about energy, you know, depending on what your um, elemental astrological traits are or energies are, um, you emit energies that reflect that. So, for instance, I'm going to give myself as an example, once again, myself being a water. Uh, water, we all know water is the best carrier of information. Water carries information. Uh, water makes things flow. So this is my strength. This is my, my thing. My weakness or my weakest is earth. Earth grounds things. Earth holds things. Earth creates. Earth grows. Uh, this is my weakness. You know, we're talking about manifestation last week. Manifestation is obviously an earthy thing because you're creating something physical. You're manifesting into reality. So that's an earthy thing. So if earth is my weakest sign, then obviously you can see how I struggle to manifest things into the physical. You know, um, my health, my body, you know, I struggle with weight and all these things. Even when I eat well, I really struggle. I have to really watch what I eat and how I, where some people don't. That's because my earth is very weak. I'm water. I carry a lot of things. So if I eat even not so great, I put on weight because I'm, I'm a water. I carry. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture for those of you who might not understand how all this works. Um, so, yeah, you know, talking about energies and people's energies, you know, certainly if people have strong certain, certain elements that are aligned in a certain way. And uh, if people are not on the path or people have not awakened, sometimes uh, they can use these elements or these powers um, in a narcissistic way. Let's call it that. You know, so I think all human beings, all of us, of course, we all have a consciousness, we all have souls, and we all carry uh, these elemental powers, these superpowers. In fact, these superpowers can be amplified. The more you awaken, the more you activate DNA by taking virtuous action, the more you can awaken your superpowers. A lot of people ask me, well, Martin, how do you know all this stuff? How do you, how do you, you know, you're saying all this stuff, where is it coming from? Well, everyone, has the ability to do it. I don't, I'm not special at all. I'm not unique. I'm not special. I'm not anything different from anyone. I think the only difference between myself and possibly another person who's got strong water sign is that maybe I've taken certain actions and I've done certain things and I've unlocked certain portals that have allowed me to use my gift or my element 
um, um, uh, at its best, I suppose. You know, we always talk about someone being in their element. So perhaps when I'm downloading, I'm in my element in that, in that moment. Same thing with, uh, with uh, Robin, you know, being earthy, manifesting. When you're manifesting stuff, she's obviously in her element. So, you know, it's really important, I think, today to, uh, I think we really want to talk more about um, how these energies counteract one another, those who are on the right-hand path and those who are on the left-hand path. What I mean is those who are positives and those who are negatives. So obviously on the negative side, there are still people with these elements or these elemental powers. And some of them are actually, they've actually managed to exercise those powers and they're really good at using them. And these are what we might call the Gnosticists. You know, you get people who are in powerful positions, people who are very good at manifesting, very good at carrying information, very intelligent, but they use it, they abuse that power. You know, they, they use it in a negative way. These are what we're calling the negatives. And of course, there are those of us on the other side of the fence who are also equally balancing the scales but using it on the positive side. And then obviously there's everyone else in the middle who's just programmed and they don't even know about these powers. They don't even know that they have the ability to influence uh, reality directly because they're, they're completely unconscious of, of themselves and of this reality. So I'm going to leave it there and allow someone else to come in and add on. And, uh, and see where this takes us. Yeah, good stuff, Martin. Yeah, I <clears throat> remember we were having a, con well, you know, we're always having a conversation about something, but um, I know for me, the, the idea of the NPCs is always, you know, like how when we were researching things, we had those rabbit holes that were down, these concepts that get downloaded into us. And, and sometimes you just can't, you know, you're still trying to find that plug-in, that, that piece that just, that piece of the puzzle that brings the two halves together, you know, and um, and for me, it's uh, you know this idea of the NPC still was just prevalent in my mind space because I felt like it was more to it. I mean, I know we've talked about it um, in our in our previous shows, and all that resonates, and it still resonates with me. But you know, it's always that little piece, like you said, that is just hanging out there. And I noticed that in the comments, a lot, you know, people still reach out and say, oh, I'm still struggling with this NPC thing, you know, and, you know, what do you think about this and think about that? So that's what has kept it going for me. And then at one point, you know, I was, we were talking about, you know, the, the idea of narcissism and, and, and how that just seems like it's on the increase. And the difference between the classic, you know, I think what they call the type B borderline type A borderline narcissist. I mean, this is the person's is just the full blown narcissistic individual. <clears throat> like you said, very intelligent, very manipulative, you know, just, just, you know, um, them driven, very um, success oriented, very, um, very competitive. Um, it's, you know, if you've just won, you know, the, the, the hundred mile dash. Well, they won it last week, five weeks, two weeks ago, um, five times in the history of their <laughs> of the month, and they're about ready to win it again tomorrow. You know, they can always bring it back around to them. So any accomplishment, they're not comfortable with people in their lives having accomplishments more than themselves, and so they have to um, 
they work from that. But the other thing that's interesting about, you know, we're talking about the classic, you know, what they talk about when we talk about personality types, you know, these are the classic aspects of it. They also talk about how NPC, um, NPCs, uh, narcissists need power sources. So other people in their lives are actually their power source. So though these people come off like they don't need anyone, I'm on top of my game, I do everything well, look at me, you know, I'm great, um, you need me in your life. The reality of it is that the underlying aspect of a narcissistic personality is that they have to have power sources. So they actually have to have people in their lives that they're feeding off of while, make, while gaslighting those people into believing that they need the narcissist, but really the narcissist needs them, which is why narcissists don't take well to um, people saying, I don't need you any longer because they're superior in their in their thinking and that they feel people always need them right okay so now that's the classic one but let's talk about how this may play out as it relates to to npcs and you know as we were laughing in the green room you know i i think of npcs now my latest aha moment was um the narcissistic playing character so that n is not for non-playing but it's narcissistic playing and the idea that you can have narcissistic tendencies so you don't have to be a narcissist but you can have the tendencies of gaslighting people of deflecting of not taking responsibility for where you are of um making people feel that they're inferior to you um you know becoming angry when you're not um able to control the, those people around you you know so these are all narcissistic tendencies okay so one of the things that you and i have been talking about martin is suppose when we think about the idea of this being a assimilated you know, computer game type of structure, right? And that some kind of way there is definitely programming coming in from um, the, the the veil or it's, up, it's coming into this realm. We've, all, we've talked about that and we've called it a lot of different things. So, and then you have all of us waking up. So you have bunches of people waking up. So this, this matrix is trying to control um, so that we just don't like just open this matrix completely up and literally just step out of it, right? And that's what the matrix doesn't want because the matrix also knows that there's a whole nother world life existence on the other side of this, let's just call it this dome. And your original models, Martin, for the cosmic um, egg and everything show that brilliantly, this whole, these, all these other realms, right? So if wakening up, has to do with too many people waking up and then we you just naturally you do the Truman Show, you know, go to the end of the sound stage and, you know, open the door and walk out. How do you control this? So the idea of the non-playing character, okay, cool. So suppose the non-playing characters are being downloaded or hypnotized, you know, through like we talk about television technology, the all the technology that we're constantly around, as well as a lot of the education and social programming. Suppose that people are being hypnotized into narcissistic personality types, which are things like we all talk about this. And I know everybody listening to this will say, yep, I remember we all talk about the fact you're talking to a person, you know, you're talking about an awakened topic, and then it looks like there's a light bulb going off and then all of a sudden it's like a trigger happens and they just go into 
well, what would make you think that? That's crazy. Why would they do that? Why, why are you spending your time doing this? This is ridiculous. You know, I don't really want to talk to you about this anymore. And they just start gaslighting you, right? They just start making you feel like what you've just said is crazy or it's not factual or something's weird about it. And you can leave that conversation kind of checking yourself. Um, or, you know, that's just one example of that. Or like we talk about just to start staring you, like the whole cognitive dissonance, they call it. That's another um, narcissistic tendency because it, they'll take information and flip it. So, or they'll disconnect from it. So you're talking about A and they'll come back and respond with B. And you're like, wait, how does that, how does that connect? How does that go together? So we could just go on and on. I'm sure Pete would have some as well. You know, just these narcissistic tendencies that we get all the time and then we're and then we but we know these people are non-playing characters so we can go to the point of not saying they're soulless nope they have souls and we can also say like you in your model martin it can be the negatives they can be the neutrals they can even be positives that haven't actually stabilized themselves enough that they're still enough in the matrix to be receiving this hypnotic um, suggestions, personality suggestions that have triggers associated with them. And the triggers could be words, the tri triggers can be emotional, they could be vibrational, but when they sense it and pick it up, coming from us, so let's say emotion, it could be excitement. We could be really excited to tell you this is this idea, look what happened, you know, this is what I think is going on in the matrix. That could be a trigger that tells them, okay, boop, it's time to go into this narcissistic sort of gaslighting, um, cognitive dissonance thing to be able to keep us from awakening or to keep us locked down or to slow our roll a bit so that we kind of get off kilter a little bit or a little depressed or, you know, we're like, oh, wow, you know, I'm the only one out here who understands this. I don't seem to know nobody who does. You know what I'm saying? So this is what, you know, I'm thinking could be another conversation around the NPCs. So I'll, I'll stop there myself. Yeah, brilliant, brilliantly, brilliantly put, Robin. Um, there's so much that I've been writing notes, and um, I will, I will definitely um, compliment what you've said because you've you've brought up some you've brought up some really, really, really important topics. And I like the way you um, you contextualized everything, especially about the uh, how this this energy grid works. So I'll, I'll get on that, but uh, I'll let Pete jump in if he wants to at the moment, and then. Uh, We'll take it from there. Pete, uh, do you want to add? Actually, for now, I'm just going to sit back and listen. Um, but I'll, I'll jump in a little bit later. All right. Brilliant. Yeah. So um, at the first point, uh, Robin, that you, that you raised, which I thought was fantastic, is that um, narcissists um, like or they feed off other people. You know, they need energy sources, which is so, so true. A narcissist always needs to be controlling other people that's that's the number one trait of a narcissist you know they always need to have people beneath them people who are following them people who are worshiping them people who are you know who think very highly of them or or you know you, you know what i mean but equally i think that um of course energy works both ways i think if you're a positive uh even if you're not narcissist you must also feed energy i mean i feed off energy as well the difference is my feeding off energy is symbiotic. So if you're a positive energy being, you know, you also need to feed off other human beings. You need to be around other human beings. This is why we're doing the show. This is why we connect with others with, that are on our journey. Because when you speak to them, I don't know about you guys, 
every time after the show, I've got goosebumps. I've got, I feel amazing. I'm on cloud number nine. I feel, I feel this burst of energy within me. I'm resonating really high because I've been in the presence of this high positive voltage energy. You know, it's, it's fed me, it's symbiotically fed me. When you meet people who are on the same path, path as you and, you and you embrace them and you speak to them, you, uh, you know, you feel the same way. You get goosebumps, you get all these things. So, you know, positives also feed off energy, just like negatives. I think the difference is how we're using the energy. A negative, what we might now call a narcissist, um, obviously is feeding off the energy selfishly. Me, 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 me. I want to take your energy just for me. A positive is um, acknowledging that there is an energy exchange, but it is a symbiotic exchange. I want some energy. I want some of your energy. Definitely. I want some of what you have, but I also want to give you some of what I have. You know, we're going to barter a little bit of energy here. I'm going to give you some of my goodness. Give me some of your goodness and let's, and let's balance each other out. And I think that is the main, main difference. And uh, like what you're saying, Robin is really, really, I love the way you said that, uh, you know, this narcissistic uh, uh, energy is in, is present in negatives, neutrals, and positives as well, which is not an angle that I'd seen it from. But um, as you were speaking, I was like, yeah, of course, it makes total sense. You know, you get a lot of people within the spiritual community, let's call it that, or the awakened community, and you meet them and you speak to them. And at first glance, it seems like you have lots in common. You're like, oh, wow, oh, yeah, yeah. And you speak and you, and you get on like a house on fire and all the things are matching up. But as you get to know them, you begin to... Um, you begin to sense or feel or learn things about them that sometimes you might not even be able to explain. Energies. Maybe it's certain things that they say. Maybe it's certain behaviors or traits that they have once in a while that make you go, hmm, that was weird. That was weird behavior. That is something strange to say. I thought we were on the same page. And, um, you know, I've certainly met loads of them on my journey, loads of them. You know, you meet, I meet all these people and they're like, oh, Martin, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, we love what you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. And you get to know them. And then once you really get to know them, you start to notice things that are not right. And you're like, hmm, there's something not right about this. There's something not right about that. And of course, uh, many of us who are far removed from that narcissistic energy, a lot of the time we are empathic. And sometimes we allow those energies to drain us because, well, a lot of the time, if you're an empathic person, you want to give. All you want to do is give. And this is a weakness that I particularly have. Sorry if I keep talking about myself, but I like to give examples, which I think or I hope people can relate to. Um, so, for instance, you know, I'm a sucker for that, for narcissists. You know, I'm a real energy magnet for them. And I'm learning now to how to deal with it. I'm learning how to recognize it because again, being a strong moon sign, I've got a very strong moon sign, which is a cancerian, cancer, moon, um, water. I've got a very motherly energy. My, my energy is very motherly. I want to give, 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 um, to the detriment of myself. And a lot of the time I find myself in a deep, deep hole because I embrace certain people or certain energies into my life. And all they want to do is drain me, drain, 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 take, 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 take. And before I know it, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a place that is very uncomfortable and very awkward. And it becomes difficult for me to function around those people, but also difficult to shift them away from me 
because as you all know, narcissists, you know, are very intelligent and they know how to manipulate people who are not, um, uh, who are not strong enough to recognize or to, to deal with those tendencies. So, you know, this is something that I'm dealing with. And of course, again, like I was saying, my astrology, you know, I'm not very earthed. My earth is not very strong, so I'm not very grounded. So it's easy for me to get carried away with energies. You know, my water and my air and my fire are quite high up. So, you know, movement, um, being carried away, you know, all those things carry. Water, air and fire carry. Earth is the only one that ground. It stands still. It, it holds fast. So, you know. My earth is something I know for sure is the last element I really, really need to hone in on and work on, uh, particularly for that reason. And I think I've taken great leaps, particularly since uh, getting a lot of coaching from, from Robin and Pete, to be honest, actually. Pete, Pete is also very um, strong um, um, with the earth. His earth is very, very, is very grounded, extremely grounded. I remembered when we were doing shows a few months ago and I was talking about, you know, I was in a very dark place at the time. I was talking about, oh, you know, we need to get out. We need to do this. And people are saying, no, beacon of light. I was trying to bring things back to, no, Martin, basically ground yourself. Just relax. Calm down. You're panicking. <laughs> You're overreacting. Just relax. Things will work out. So Peter was also very earth. So I've been very lucky that uh, I've met two souls who are uh, very well balanced with their energies, particularly very strong with the earth, which is an element that I seriously needed a lot of work on. And I feel I'm in a much, much better place now. I feel a lot more grounded and uh, things seem to be flowing a lot, lot better physically for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm very thankful and grateful to Pete and Robin for that. So I want to thank them once again. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, going back to the topic, you know, there are these people, like Robin was saying, within our communities who appear to be spiritual and to be on the same uh, same page as us, but we must be very, very careful about um, who we're opening our hearts and our minds and our souls to, because a lot of them are, even though they might be positives, like I like the way Robin put it, even though they might be positives, they might still be triggered by certain things within their own paradigm. They might still be trying to figure things out themselves. Uh, they're their own astrological energies. They've not yet balanced them. So by default, they've become narcissists, not because that is their natural trait. They're not naturally a negative person, but they're just doing it by default. They're running on a program themselves. And at some stage, they will snap out of it and get back on the right-hand path. But for now, the matrix might be using them um, to control or to suppress those who are breaking free from those chains of programming. So, you know, I think it's really important that we, we recognize this and talk about this once again and, uh, and maybe help those who are like me who struggle with particularly grounding themselves or finding the right ground to, um, to recognize and to also deal with, um, with this type of NPC uh, energy. So, yeah, Robin? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well put. And I mean, I think that what makes these vlogs and, and your work that you're doing, Martin, so palatable is that you all have you always been transparent and open about um, you know, your journey and how you've been affected and you use yourself as an example. And I think that's what people look for to hear because that's what makes, you know, what you're doing just stay real, you know? Um, so I, I definitely, you know, applaud you on that. And I know I was thinking back, 
to the time that right before you had like one of your biggest breakthroughs, you know, like, like you need to move. Yeah. You're starting to work on moving blindly to Portugal. It wasn't blindly. You had, you know, some other stuff offers, but anyway, and we had that show and you really just were very honest about, you know, um, you know, you're, you're challenging with manifest, with materializing what you've manifested. Da, da, da. I remember that too. You were just really, really honest. And I remember thinking, wow, that's really brave of uh, Martin just to be like really that honest. And I swear, what was it like two days later, you had a major breakthrough. So it is really important for us to use that as an example about just being honest and open, because when you have an energy of even kind of like it's one thing, like if a person doesn't ask you, you don't say, well, then cool. But, you know, if, if you're putting yourself out there and then you kind of misrepresent it a little bit, that energy does bounce back and creates just sort of ripples in our own lives. So it's just always best to be at that place just saying, hey, this is where I am in it and, uh, you know, do with it as you you please so i just wanted to say that because i know you said that earlier you're not you know you're using yourself as an example i think it's awesome one of the things that coming back like really dealing with this narcissist okay how is this really playing out exactly because one of the things you were saying is so true that about the attraction and this goes back to what you were talking about human energy so let's look at the idea of this whole narcissistic you know npc type of people from the standpoint of just energies and vibrations which is what we talk about a lot on this show um that being the case the reason why it's almost impossible to say no to an impact i mean to a, um, a narcissist like you can forget about trying to have a, nar a relationship with a narcissist talk to them awaken them have anything to say with them and then accept this, expect to say, okay, well, no, I tell you what, I'm not going to do it like that. Or I don't agree with you. I, you go your way. I'll go my way. No, 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 no. Because remember, you are the narcissist energy source from the standpoint that most, most of us who um, deal with and have recognized, even if you don't deal directly with this narcissist, if you see them and recognize them in your environment as these NPCs, right? When you go into stores, when we, you know, are dealing, you know, people at work where you um, may be, you know, if you're in school or something like that and you're running across people in, in, the school, in, in an educational environment and you're sort of, they're sort of like uh, fringe people or like Dolores Cannon called them background or shadow people. So these, there's these shadow people, but you recognize these personality traits. The reason why you do is because you're an empath. You're an empath. You find it very hard to to be to be um, to not be honest with people. You have a tendency to be very transparent. You kind of share just about anything if you feel that it helps a person. People can come to you with "woe is me" stories because you can you can empathize, even if you've never been in their position. You can say, "Wow, I know I I know what it must you know feel like." To be, to be there. And so you take on that story and you start helping because you can sense where that person is. A narcissist doesn't feel anything outside themselves. They don't, they're not empaths. They don't feel anybody else's pain. They don't feel anybody else's struggles or challenges, but they're very good at pretending that they do because they have no problem with lying. They have no problem with looking you straight in the eye and lying. If that lie is going to get them what they want. <laughs> so they're calculating that and saying, okay, 
well, I'm so sorry, Robin, that you're really feeling like that. Wow, you know, I'll help you do such and such. No problem. Just make sure, I mean, can you, can you take me to the such and such this evening? But I'll make sure to tomorrow that I'll show up and help you with such and such. And you're struggling. Okay, okay, I'll take you. So, you know, you're already emotionally, whatever it is. And you take them. The next morning, they don't show up. You call them. They don't answer their phone because they never had any intention of helping you and they could give a darn about how you were feeling. So what's it really um, important to realize is that those of us who are awakened and awakening and who are empaths and are really seeing this matrix for what it is are generally magnets. Because the whole idea, the old, the old saying opposites track, you know, when it comes to human energy. We're magnets for those type of relationships and we're magnets for those type of people. So I believe that is why the matrix is manufacturing more and more of these type of, through this hypnotic thing that we talk about, of these personalities and people because they're brilliant. It's a brilliant way to control this awakening because we spend more time, we'll, we just waste time and waste energy with all these people, all these situations to wake up and say, like you were saying, Martin, wow, here again, you know, this, this person, you know, did me in one more time, you know, wow, they were really good at, at, at concealing their, you know, themselves at being a certain kind of way. And that is why also it's really important where you are in relationships right now too. And I was talking with, with a client um, about this earlier today, is that if you are in a relationship and it's good and you, you feel stabilized with it, state just you know ride it out if you're not in a relationship and you want to be in a relationship you know like ride that out too you know what i mean because what's happening right now is relationships like we were talking about before like sexuality like money they're all being used to keep us wasting in precious energy that we need to be putting into continuing to connect with our higher consciousness, to keep on doing this work, to stabilizing ourselves, our families, the loved ones that are um, on this path with us and doing the work that we need to be ready and balanced for what's happening out here. And the insertion of more of these narcissistic tendencies are designed to keep us off balance. And the most important walk away from this NPC conversation we're having, I think, is to recognize there are absolutely two camps, the empaths and the non-empaths. And those are the ones who will give you all the indicators that, that they're good, but you know, they'll, 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 um, they'll you know, just do you in every time. And that goes back to doing the energy work, the meditation, really the dream time work, it's really doing the work on yourself so that you can recognize these people straight out. Like you, it's an energy signature thing. It's not what they're saying. It's not how they're saying. You can't focus on that any longer. We have to be able to really detect and discern energies um, and not worry. You remember that old saying, it was something like, um, normally the way that you feel about a person the first time you meet them is generally how they are. But a lot of times we'll override that feeling. We'll get to know them a little better. I'm like, oh, they're not that bad. And then it turns out after a year, two years, 10 years, they are exactly the way we sensed it when we first met them. Those are the kind of energies we have to get back to and honor. So I'll, I'll stop it there for right now too. Yeah, if I may jump in here. Um, 
you know, basically the way I look at it, and again, I always use technology as an example, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, we have a tendency to try to group things in either here or there or in, in the middle. I like to look at this world, you know, as if we're, you know, basically you think of us as like a cell phone. And when, this, when we have an internet connection or a cellular signal, we have access to all the information in the world. I've said this in previous episodes. I think that, you know, that's reminiscent of, of humanity during the golden age when we're in one with the cosmos. There's no need for verbal communication or language because we're communicating with those signals on, on a vibrational level. And then during the fall, entering the age of the Kali Yuga, the Iron Age, there was a disconnect where we were broken off from source. And at that point, everybody was reduced down to that which was on their, on their device, their native applications. There's no longer a cellular signal. There's no longer an internet connection. And we had to relearn how to communicate by creating languages, which we all know is very limited. We never can really convey exactly how we feel or what we mean. Um, but we also still harbor some of those abilities to pick up on the vibrational nature of this reality. And I think those abilities are starting to increase as the more you know, of us wake up. Uh, and as far as like the, the matrix, I think I pointed this out before. I think the matrix and these egregores of the algorithms, this operating system governing this reality can be utilized for both good and evil. I think this is the idea of where the angels and the demons come from. You know, right now it's, it's more demonized because there's more nodes of consciousness. If you think of an individual person as a node of consciousness, when they're not fully awake, when they haven't bridged that connection back to source, they operate only thinking that their, you know, their native applications is all that exists. So they, they are perceived as being selfish, as being a narcissist. And they also you know, are basically influenced by the programming from the matrix. But as more and more nodes of consciousness wake up and start bridging that connection and start you know, reaching for enlightenment and start bringing more positive energy into the matrix, we're eventually going to hit a tipping point, a critical mass where the matrix itself, the operating system starts to push forth more positive behavior to all of those which were previous, you know, previously regarded as NPCs. And so I, I think that's what we're looking at right now as we approach you know, this new age. I think as all of us continue to have these conversations and continue to wake others up, we're going to hit that critical mass. Uh, and you're going to start to see more, more and more positive you know, things enter our reality and, and, you know, at varying degrees. Um, and that's just kind of the way you know, that I perceive these things. And I think uh, you know, Tracy was commenting in the chat and you know, it seems to be, um, you know, she kind of looks at it that way as well. And it looks like Danny kind of was commenting as well, but just thought I'd kind of share that. Yeah, really well put, Pete. Really, really well put. And, uh, and Robin as well. You know, um, I'm just looking at my notes now. Uh, where do I start? I'll start with uh, what Robin was saying about, uh, about senses. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, when you gave that example, when you meet someone initially, you have a certain feeling about them. This initial, hmm, there's something not quite right, or I had a weird feeling about them. And a lot of the time, being an empath, you write it, you just go, ah, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, you know, it's probably just me overthinking things as usual. And then you get to know them. And after a period of time, you realize that they're exactly like Robin said, that initial feeling that you had. And that has happened to me over and over again. When I look back at my relationships that I've had with 
with people who turned out to be that way. That is exactly what happened. Now, Gabby, my partner, you know, we've got a very interesting dynamic of relationship. My wife, you know, she is very strong with picking up energies. Her earth and her, her wind are very, very strong. So, you know, and the water and fire is very, very weak equally. So, oh, someone got their mic on. So, um, yeah, she's really good at, at picking up energies. I was just saying in the back room, you know, Gabby picks up energies. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. And you see it around children. You know, when she's around children, children love her. You know, we're just visiting a friend recently and they've got a two-year-old son and he's just absolutely in love with Gabby. From the moment he met her, he just wouldn't leave her. So you'd think that Gabby was his mom, you know, if, if his mother wasn't there. You know, he's just completely smitten and in love with Gabby. And there's just something about Gabby. Same with animals. You know, she works with animals. She's always worked with horses. You know, she's just fantastic with animals, aggressive animals. She seems, they seem calm around her. She's really got that energy down to a T. So, you know, when she's around people, almost instantly, she, she will sense straight away what type of person they are. Straight away. And only now I'm learning to trust her abilities. I'm going to put it that way. Because, uh, you know, up until recently, I think the empathic side of me uh, was overpowering um, uh, that, uh, that grounded energy that she had. So a lot of the time we'd meet someone, she'd say, I'd say, oh, what a lovely person, eh? Or what a lovely couple. And she'll say, yeah. And I'd be like, what do you mean, yeah? They're fantastic. They're beautiful people. You know, and she's like, mm, I don't know. There's just something not right. I'm like, what are you talking about? They were great. You know, we had this fantastic chat and this beautiful meal and they vegan, they plant-based, they this, they that. And she would go, yeah, I know, but there's just something, I can't put my finger on it. And lo and behold, a few months later, or even a few years later, I'll be like, wow, Gabby, you're right. She's like, yeah, I knew it. I knew, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And now we're seeing what it was that you're feeling. This is what you're feeling. And this has happened almost every single time. So now I've learned to completely trust Gabby. When we meet people, I look at her straight away, regardless of how I'm feeling of that, of that encounter. And I say, you know, what did you think? And if she says, mm, then straight away, I know I've got to be careful. I've got to tread very carefully. And if she feels, oh yeah, fantastic people, I know, you know, I'm in safe company. So I'm very, very lucky um, to have met someone. Not lucky, but I think it's all written in the stars. I needed to have someone, unfortunately, for whatever reasons, you know, the people that are closest to you are the people that you usually overlook. So obviously where Gabby may be her water and her fire is not strong, she's not able to articulate or explain things better as well as maybe Robin and, and Pete. Because Robin and Pete, obviously, you've harnessed the water side and the fire side and the wind side. So you're able to teach um, how to ground. Where Gabby hasn't mastered the art of teaching, so she wasn't able to teach it to me. So a lot of the time she'd say, uh, yeah, there's something not right. And I'll say, well, why? Give me something. And she says, I don't know. I'm just saying that's how I feel. And I say, well, that's not enough. I can't just, you know, take your word on it. So, you know, I'm learning that, um, you know, I've got to recognize these energies and I've got to be able to be reciprocal with them at various um, degrees or levels. So, yeah, there's certainly people who pick up these energies. And a lot of you listening will know this. Uh, will be will say yeah that's me you know I, I feel everything and in fact Gabby is not just emotional even physically Gabby's body is very sensitive if I just poke her shoulder she feels it she's like ow that hurts 
I'm like, what? I just literally just, it's a tight, a little poke. And she's like, yeah, it really, really hurts. So even physically, she, she's very sensitive. Physically, mentally, if you say something, it affects her, uh, you know, a lot. And it's like, well, I, you know, come on, really? It wasn't a big deal. I only said this, you know. So someone who's mentally strong like myself, you know, if I say certain things, I'm, I'm quite strong that way. You know, with Gabby, if I said it in a certain way, even if it sounds like I'm just being assertive to her because she's sensitive, you know, it, it will hurt her. I'm like, I can't believe that hurt your feelings. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't say anything derogatory or abusive, but you know, I'm just not being sensitive to that energy, if that makes sense. So there are certain people who have their elemental energies in a certain way, and they are very, very sensitive to everything, emotionally, mentally, physically, energetically, they're very sensitive to these things. And there are people who are on the other spectrum of things. So for instance, myself, although I'm motherly, like I was saying, I've got this motherly energy. I want to give, 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 give. Mentally, I'm also very, very strong. My water is very strong. You know, so my, my elemental, my mind, which is water, is extremely strong. You know, words don't hurt me. You know, uh, I get over pain very, very easily. In fact, I barely feel any pain. And I get over things very, 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 very quickly. Very quickly. So, uh, you know, I'm not... I'm not uh, um, I'm not sensitive in that regard. Hence why, you know, if I was sensitive, I wouldn't be able to, 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 to have this channel, to have this platform because the amount of abuse that I get, I mean, you people don't see it on the comments because I delete them on impact, but I'm not, not recently, but in the past, I was constantly deleting abusive, derogatory comments that some people, I think just reading them would completely shatter them after a while. But for me, because I'm mentally strong, I'm able to just go, yeah, I understand it, fine. That's how you feel. I know what you are. I know why you're saying that. Again, that mother, motherly thing, I embrace it and I'd say, no, it's not, it's not you writing these words. It's not you saying this. It's a program. I'm, over, I'm able to override those things. So there are people who are mentally strong. They have a strong water within them. Um, there are people who have a strong fire within them. I'm going to use someone I respect highly. And I'm going to mention his name. Uh, someone like Santos. I think he doesn't mind me mentioning him. You know, his fire is very, very strong. You, you, those of you know Santos Bonacci, strong, strong fire. And because he's, he's got a strong fire, his earth is not very good. He's got a very weak earth, which is why he struggles with health. This is why he struggles with grounding himself. So you see Santos has these moments of madness, which he will attest to himself. Not recently. I think uh, you know, he's in a good place recently. But you know, if those of you know Santos from the past, you know, you'd have these moments where you'd go into these fits of rage, of madness, and he's angry with the world and he's attacking everyone. And, and you know, people would think, buddy, where's this coming from, Santos? You know, you're supposed to be this spiritual, enlightened person, this guru, and you're behaving this way. And this is why. It's because, again, those energies were not yet balanced. And it's been fantastic to see him recently. He's, he's completely turned the corner once again. A lot of us are now starting to balance our energies and uh, he's in a really good place. I'm, 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 on, I'm using him as an example because he's someone who's managed to now find his earth, just like me, and balance his fire, which was very, very high, very, very strong fire. So very reactive, like fire. Fire reacts really quickly. Fire doesn't think and stop. Myself being water, when there's a confrontation, my instinct is my mind. I think about things. I stop and try and reason and try and let things flow. I bend and mold like water with that situation and see how I can get myself out of that situation. 
a fire person, their instinct is to attack. You know, fire, burn. Well, I'm going to burn you back. You've just burnt me. I'm going to burn you straight back. And of course, you know, if that's not balanced, it comes out in the wrong way. It comes out as a negative trait. And of course, you get people who are, who are wind and, uh, and they get carried away with that situation. So if they're in a bad situation, they end up even in a worse situation. They don't know how to control that situation. They don't know how to react to it, whether it's to think about it, whether it's to fight back. They just end up completely being engulfed by that situation until they're a complete wreck and they're depressed and they're in this massive depot because their wind, like wind, wind carries, wind goes whichever way direction it's being pulled uh, if it's not harnessed or controlled. So you can see a wind person who's empathic uh, by that trait when they, when, they, uh, when they face confrontation. And of course, someone who's earthed, the earthy people are the best people at dealing with concentration because they're earthed. So they're able to recognize this uh, narcissistic energy. And because they're grounded, uh, a lot of the time, they're able to remove themselves from that situation or they're able to block that situation away and say, well, I'm going to try and protect myself. Again, depending on what traits follow behind their earth. Again, doesn't always work. Gabby's earth and air, so earth and air are her strong ones. So again, she might recognize you know, a narcissistic tendency or person, but because her next element is wind, she can't get herself out of that situation. Even though she knows she, she shouldn't be in that situation, she knows she shouldn't be around that person. For whatever reason, she, she's stuck in that whirlwind, in that typhoon or that tornado of that energy, and she can't get out of it. Someone like myself, who's not grounded and who's water, I don't even see the narcissist or the, the negative energy. And I end up being in that space and all I'm doing is trying to give, 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 give. And I'm trying to fix it by compromising, by being like water, by trying to flow with that person's rhythm. And that's how I try to deal with it. So, you know, it's really important to know what your elements are and to study this for this reason. For those of you interested in this, you know, it's really helped me since I realized how these natural elements work in tandem with our spiritual astrology, our personal astrology, you know, we are connected to earth or to nature 100%, like I'm saying, you know, these examples that I'm giving. Once you recognize them, when you see yourself in a situation and you know what your elemental astrology is like, you are able to then make a better informed decision of what you need. You know, so for instance, I'm, I'm coming back to this whole thing of manifestation. You know, I was in that whirlwind a few weeks ago, a few months ago, where I was just stuck and confused and oh i want to get out of here i'm not manifesting things aren't working out for me why and and i couldn't understand it's only when i got these downloads of these this this elemental astrology that it all made sense and i thought ah oh, right i know so i wrote up my astrology i looked at myself my character my traits i wrote everything down and once i wrote them down honestly i was like ah i recognize it my earth is extremely weak i'm not good at earthing i'm not good at grounding i'm not good at manifesting i'm not good at you know, centering myself. So what I need to do is I need to find someone to teach me this. I need to surround myself with people or attract people that will symbiotically exchange this earth energy with me. And the way the universe works, you know, Pete and Robin fall right into my laps <laughs> and um, exactly what I needed uh, at, a, at the exact time that I was ready to appreciate and accept, um, accept the, their gift or their presence of what they were going to give me. So again, I had to recognize it in order for me to um, 
to center myself or to, to find that space within myself to correct that astrology. So yeah, I just wanted to add that and, and, uh, and hopefully that will help people, you know, sit down, write your own chart honestly and sincerely. I'm going to put a document together where I'm going to try and teach people um, or explain this in, 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 a, in a nice, simple way so people can be able to write their own charts. You don't need to go to an astrology. You don't need to go to someone to tell you what your astrology is. You can do it yourself because no one knows you better than yourself. If you're paying someone an astrology, I'm sorry for those astrologers out there charging people for astrology. Um, I'm not saying that it's wrong. Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is you can do your own elemental astrology for free. And you can, and most of it, most of the astrology is based on that. Most of it, I can guarantee you. If you know the four elements, uh, the earth, the wind, the water, and the fire, and you can correlate your character or your personality to how those elements work, you can 100% do your own astrology, and then you can start to balance yourself out as best as you can. I'll move on to what Pete was saying about signal being lost. I love the analogy that you gave, Pete. You always give the best analogies you know, of uh, a cell phone. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of people who have lost the signal. Well, we've all lost the signal, really, during this Iron Age. We lost the signal that was direct to source. We've now got these intermediary um, devices that supposedly help us. Not supposedly, sometimes they do genuinely help us connect uh, with source, so to speak. And uh, in this case, it's the internet. The internet at the moment is the best source, the best intermediary that we're using to connect with source. And of course, within that internet, it's programmed, obviously, and it's artificial. So if you're, again, if your astrology is not balanced, what tends to happen is you will get lost. Your signal will get lost in, in translation whilst you're trying to download stuff off the internet. You'll hear a lot of people say, I love the internet. I love YouTube, but I get overwhelmed with the information. There's just so much out there. I don't know where to begin. You know, this person and that person, this research, I don't know who to follow. I don't know who to listen to. You know, and that's because, you know, you yourself, you are not, your astrology is not centered. You're not grounded. You don't yet know, you're not yet in control of your own elements, of your own energy. So your signal is being carried and being thrown all over the place. So the first thing you've got to do is know thyself, know you, do your astrology, know yourself, be honest with yourself, your weaknesses, your strengths, look in the mirror and say, right, what do I need to work on? You know, how does that correlate? What do I need? Et cetera, et cetera. And once you do that, once you go back online and you start researching once again, your energy will not be uh, thrown about by all the different signals that are being, um, or the different energies that are being uh, uh, coded within the devices that we're, we're trying to use to connect back with source. You know, the internet obviously being the biggest one, internet books, you know, educational institutions, you know, it might be even people that we follow you know, there might be, you know, we've got these modern day gurus, you know, this guru has got so many followers and people, you know, they charge all this money and people go listen to them talk and they, you know, they do all these things, which there's nothing wrong with all this, by the way. But what I'm saying is a lot of people become tethered to those people and they become reliant on those people. And they say, oh, this guru or this leader or this person said this, so it must be true. Or this person says this and they continue to recite what these people are saying. So once again, I've always tried to make it a point to show to people, once again, this is why I try and be transparent to show people that I'm not perfect. I'm not a guru. Please don't take everything I say as gospel. Don't take everything I say as, as you know, oh, Martin knows everything. Absolutely not. 
I'm trying to figure out things just as much as everybody else, regardless of who says I'm a guru and I figured it out. Nobody's figured this out. We're all figuring it out. So we're all learning from one another. And it's important, those of you still stuck in that program of the Messiah complex or the guru complex, I get a lot of people messaging me and saying, oh, Martin, you're on the right track, but I'm going to give you a link. Listen to this person. They are, they've got it all figured out. This person explains everything. Go to their channel. And I'm like, well, no, they don't explain everything. They don't have everything figured out, but I'm sure they have a lot of things that I'm going to learn from and a lot of things that, you know, they probably need to learn from you as well. You, the person writing this message, you have things that that person you're worshiping needs to hear. Um, but that person might not see it again because a lot of them tend to be narcissists. Once again, a lot of these spiritual leaders, um, uh, in the end, they turn out to be real narcissists. You know, people who get close to them when they meet them, they're like, oh, I met that person. And it turns out they're not as spiritual or as enlightened as they are. They're a womanizer. Or by the way, you know, they, they actually, they don't eat the way they say that they eat. Or they actually, oh, I was surprised that, you know, he smokes, you know, profusely or he drinks alcohol or, or all these things or he's abusive, or he's got a big ego. You know, ego is a big one within this community. Um, so, yeah, it's important that we, we really recognize these things, those of us on this journey, on this path, uh, especially within our spiritual circles, because a lot of us, again, who are not centered, because our empath program is um, in high drive, but our astrological energy is not centered or not correct, what happens is we're just following. We end up just following. And we end up being caught up into these holes of energy that are very, 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 very bad. And narcissists who are masquerading as being the spiritual types or being enlightened, they leech onto this energy. They recognize you. They see you. They hone in on you. And boom, they put their fangs in you. And before you know it, you're, you're stuck in this grip of... Um, of energy that you know you you can't come out of and later on you come out of it and you think oh my goodness what was that all about you know why was i why, why was i behaving like that around that person why was i putting all my trust and energy into that person you know why couldn't i see that this person wasn't as enlightened or spiritual as they were saying they weren't what they what they were saying they were so you know if you're in that position right now then hopefully you're hearing this message and it will trigger you to uh be reflective, to look at yourself in the mirror and to, uh, to make sure that you balance your signal, as Pete was saying, you know, find your true signal and don't get caught up in all these uh, bandwidths that are uh, trying to, uh, these algorithms, again, as Pete said a few, few, few weeks ago in, in a show that we did, uh, these algors or these algorithms that are there to try and pick off those of us on the path. So yeah, really important that we, we talk about this. And before I go, I just wanted to just also highlight on what uh, Pete was saying about, um, you know, critical mass and, you know, eventually, you know, we'll hit a, a point where um, the matrix will overturn itself. And, and again, like I've been saying, you know, I, I agree with, with, with a lot of this, um, with what Pete, what, what Pete is saying. But at the same time, I think there is also a, we have to see this holistically as well. You know, I, I don't see it as, black and white is that I don't think that uh, things will just change uh, overnight. I think it's a very long process for sure. Over time, we will hit that hundredth monkey effect and things will change as we go into one age. 
But what I don't want people to think is that we're going to wake up one day in a few months' time or in a few years' time or even in our lifetimes and the world will be a beautiful place and we're all singing Kumbaya and everything's fantastic. Uh, I'm not saying that's what Peter's saying, but I'm saying people will listen to that and they'll go, oh, you know, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be perfect. Uh, again, this is another program within the, uh, the New Age movement. You know, they all think everything's Kumbaya. All you have to do is meditate and, you know, if we all just meditate and we all just be good, you know, don't worry about them. Don't look at the negative. Don't focus on the negative. Don't look at anything negative in the matrix. Just positive and everything will be fine. And again, that is another deception. You know, if you're a narcissist, you want people there. You, you can control them. You've taken away power from them. Because the narcissists, meanwhile, are controlling the paradigm. While you're all singing Kumbaya around a fire and dancing, you know, the economy, politics, all this is being run by the narcissist. So there has to be a balance of action and yes, we have to be in a positive space. Yes, we have to hug trees and, and do all 100%. I'm not saying don't do those things either. But I'm saying equally, we must also deal with the, with the side of things that is perhaps not so glamorous, not so beautiful, the physical aspects of this reality that we must deal with. We have to deal with laws. We have to deal with politics. You know, a lot of us who are in these circles will have to become politicians at some point to change the politics. We will not become, we will not be able to change the politics by being on a farm like I'm, like I am now singing Kumbaya. You know, how am I going to change the world doing that politically within this realm? I can change my own paradigm and the people around me, but I cannot change the paradigm of this realm where I am. There must be virtuous action and, and people doing things and walking, you know, that, that path of, there have to be people in finance. Eventually, there have to be people who are awakened, who are in our circles who will then get into finance and basically use this financial tool, this currency of money and, and rework it and reshape and remold it uh, so that it works uh, symbiotically with people and eventually it will be faded out into, well, we don't need money anymore. It's all butter and before, you know. So all this happens slowly. It's a slow, slow process. Like I'm saying, you know, we're, we're coming out of the Iron Age. We're heading into the Bronze Age. We're coming out of the age of Pisces, heading into the age of Aquarius. It is not an overnight job. This is a lifetime job. And I don't think it will happen in my lifetime for sure. I think in our lifetimes, there's going to be a lot of turmoil and confusion for people who don't understand what's happening. This is why you must make sure that you, first of all, are in a good place uh, mentally, spiritually, physically. You are comfortable where you are in all those spaces. Um, it doesn't have to be anything specific or anywhere specific as long as you know that you're comfortable where you are. Um, once you've done that, then you can start thinking about broadening your horizons and, and going out of field and, and changing things on the outside as well. So it has to start from the inside going outward. A lot of us, again, in the spiritual community, we want to fix things outwardly before we fix things inwardly. Again, you meet a lot of spiritual people, lovely people, beautiful people, and they'll say, oh, we need to change the world. We must stop wars and you know, all this injustice and this hate. And then you say to them, yeah, but you are eating animals. You kill animals. You are, you are creating, you're suffering, you're, you're contributing to the suffering of other beings. So you need to change that within yourself first. If you're not prepared to change within yourself, how are you going to change the world outwardly? So change yourself first. Charity begins at home. You know, what are you doing in your own life, in your own paradigm, right? And once you are in a place where you feel comfortable and you say, do you know what? I'm not perfect. No one's perfect but I'm in a place where I think I'm doing the best I can within my own paradigm 
to change and shape the world the best I can. I'm being um, the example that I wish to see, right? I'm being that which I wish to see in the world. So if I want to stop killing and suffering in the world, then I must stop con contributing to it, you know? Which means, again, you cannot be an empath and love animals if you kill and eat them. You know, it's just, a, it, it just makes no sense. I'm sorry if I'm a, a offending anyone out there. If you say you love animals and you've got all this love, how can you kill an animal and eat it? How can you kill and eat something that you love? If you love humans, why would you kill and eat humans? It makes no sense, right? So once again, you know, um, I'm sorry for those of you who are not yet there. Again, don't force yourself into anything. If you're not yet uh, vegan or if you're not yet plant-based or if you're still eating animals, you know, don't panic or get, or get triggered by what I'm saying, but hopefully start reflecting on what I'm saying and start looking at yourself and saying, am I at least taking the measures to get to become that example that I wish to see in the world? So before you preach to others about how the world must change, how is your world within changing? Your relationships with people around you. What is your relationship like with your partner, with your children, with your friends? And if your friends look at you and say, well, you know, you're not a nice person. There are people around you who say you're not a nice person and something's wrong. You need to look in the mirror and be honest and say, why does this person think I'm not a nice person? There must be a reason why they're saying that, you know? And of course, that's something you must always uh, try and correct. So a lot of people who meet me, uh, when I do try and coach people and they say, um, uh, well, Martin, you know, I, I don't know how to, how to do this. I always say the first thing to do is you must look at yourself in the mirror and, uh, and, and be honest with yourself. And relationships are a good, good way to, to do it. For instance, relationships, you know, they test us the most. You know, myself and my partner, Gabby, when we, uh, when we have our tough moments, our trying moments, when we have arguments, the first thing that's easiest to do is to point at the other person and say, it's you. You need to change this. You've done this. You said this. You did this. Right? The moment you're pointing fingers at the other person, something's wrong with you. It's, it's actually you. It's not the other person. So what I've tried to coach myself and to coach Gabby is whenever we're in that position where uh, there's a little bit of friction, before I point fingers at you, Gabby, I need to look at myself and say, no, no, no. What have I done to create this atmosphere or this energy? And likewise, Gabby, before you say, oh, Martin, it's you, you need to say, no, no, no. What have I done? Is it me? What have I done to make the situation become what it is? So once you look at yourself first, honestly, uh, then it's easier then for you to then help the other person overcome what they're going through. So it's really important um, to learn that concept once again. So I'll leave it at that. Pete, if you want to jump in and uh, take over. Yeah, that was great, Martin. I mean, everything you shared, I can absolutely resonate with. Um, I think you and I, you know, as you pointed out, you have a little bit of a different perception on some of these things. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it obviously all comes down to uh, you know, a, a general oneness. Uh, it's kind of the, the same pool, if you will. We, we just might be standing in different positions. You know, from what you spoke about your wife um, and how she kind of is very sensitive to things, I think we all have that you know, innate ability to pick up on that vibrational nature. Um, we've just, it's been trained out of us in, in, as a result of this modern age, right? Uh, and when you first encounter somebody, that first interaction, your, you know, intuition is picking up on that vibration, that field, that because you, your fields are interacting. But then our intellect quickly jumps in and tries to make sense of it all and, and sometimes can sway our opinion, you know, for the positive or the negative, and it might differ from what that initial 
you know, intuitive response um, may have indicated. And, you know, again, I think that that's a result of this, this modern age being, you know, so enamored with left side thinking with that analytical, the detail oriented, the combative or, or um, uh, competitive and, you know, what's often associated with the masculine side. And it, it's, it's brain-based thinking as opposed to heart-based thinking. Um, but what you're speaking about as far as hitting that critical mass, you know, what came to mind was, interestingly enough, there was a, a video posted, and we're seeing more of these types of uh, content being pushed out on, on uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's like the only social network that I'm a part of, and that's from a business uh, uh, purpose. But there's more and more people emerging speaking about spiritually, you know, driven topics. And this gentleman, you know, used this video, which I had not seen prior. Um, I just looked it up and I'll share it in the chat, but apparently it was at some uh, Sasquatch festival, like almost 10 years ago, where this one gentleman just goes off and dances on his own, you know, doing some really craziness, you know, really enjoying the music, enjoying the vibration. And everybody's kind of looking at him like, who is this guy? Why is he doing that? But then after a little while, because he stays out there and is consistent, more and more people join in. And once they hit a, 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 you know, a critical mass of, uh, within that field that they were you know, present with, next thing, you know, everybody's flooding into it. And he was using it as a, you know, an analogy for leadership. And you know, I commented on it, and I'm just gonna you know, quickly read you kind of what I shared, because um, I think it's pertinent to what we're discussing right now. And I, and I said to him, you know, we live in a vibrational reality in which consciousness, not matter, is fundamental. Each of us is, is a node of consciousness, and together we create a collective field. Think of people not dancing as if they were in a pool, all, all bobbing up and down in unison, forming a strong wave pattern that signals dancing is weird. The first dancer or the, or the suggested leader enters the pool and attempts to change the pattern by initiating a new rhythm. Initially, his effort is ineffective. However, the longer he maintains, the more, more impactful his new rhythm becomes. Each additional person or node that joins in strengthens the new pattern and amplifies its impact until the entire pool or field becomes attuned to the new rhythm, signaling dancing is fun. This is how groupthink works. And I think this is how our reality works. You know, I, I think it, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I don't know what the latest population count for the globe is, but it means there are billions and billions of people spread out throughout the globe. And I think it's going to take some time as all of us start to reactivate that inner knowing, start to, you know, polish off that, that antenna and, and start to reactivate that signal. We're going to slowly emerge, but there's going to hit a point where it is going to have that, you know, not seem like it's overnight, but seem like we'll all feel like a major shift. Like what just happened? You know, these, these people that I thought would never speak of this stuff are suddenly speaking of this stuff. And I think at that point, when we start to recognize people that we run into our lives that, seems so adverse to any of these you know, topics or you know, having a conversation regarding anything spiritually inclined, start to then have those, those conversations. That's when we might start to you know, recognize that maybe we're, we're hitting, we're closing in on that critical mass. Um, and so that just, that's the way I interpret this, this you know, game that we're playing. Yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna- Okay, go I'm ahead, just, go ahead. No. Not, uh, uh, okay, no, Robin, you, you carry on, you carry on. No, Mark, sure, go, go ahead and respond if you want to that, and I'll jump in right after you, no problem. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I won't be long. I'll, I'll just keep it short. I just want to, I don't want to lose that train of thought. 
yeah, no, I, I totally agree with what Pete is saying. Um, that, uh, you know, there is definitely a ripple effect that is happening as you're awakening, as we're sharing information. Uh, things are definitely changing, 100% yes. But I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by, you know, it is not something that is, um, first of all, it's not always organic. It's not always natural. There is a process to this. So again, I'm going to go back to the whole vegan thing. There's so much confusion at the moment about veganism because even the Illuminati is promoting veganism now. They are now saying, no, we need to stop eating animals. Governments are now pushing veganism. You know, these Hollywood is pushing veganism. Hollywood is pushing spirituality. You know, they're pushing all these brilliant topics that we're talking about. A lot of these celebrities who we know are part of these entities are talking about similar things we're talking about now, right? So there's a lot of confusion happening at the moment because in one breath, we're saying, um, you know, these people are negatives, right? These people are narcissists. But again, they're now talking about things that sound positive or seem positive. You know, yoga, meditation, veganism, being kind to animals, uh, you know, looking after your body. So a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, the vegan movement, plant-based movement is part of the Illuminati. And it's like, oh, God, you know, yes, they are pushing it, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. So once again, I totally agree that there is a ripple effect and there is, unfortunately, unfortunately, narcissists, like we're talking about, narcissists know how to control the paradigm. They can see the shift happening. So what they're doing is they're infiltrating this movement and all those people who are neutrals, most people are neutrals, most human beings are in the neutral zone. They're born as neutral beings to play this game. There's a few positives and there's a few negatives. Angels and demons, this is where that concept comes from. You know, so those of us who are on the positive side, you know, we see it for what it is. We are genuine in what we're saying. We understand it or we understand it, not understand it. We understand these concepts of spirituality, of veganism. It's coming from the core. And then there are those who are in the middle who will follow what we call the sheep. The negatives are seeing that the positives are winning the fight, right? The positives, the positive message, the positive energy is flowing. So being narcissists, what they're doing is they're hijacking these positive notes, right? They're hijacking these, these positive wagons and with the, with the agenda of effectively um, controlling them at some point. So again, veganism is being led at the moment, 100%, by these entities and these, negative, these narcissistic entities, governments and you know, secret societies. They're pushing veganism like you wouldn't believe. They're pushing plant-based diet like you wouldn't believe. They're making, you see it on Netflix, they're making all these movies. These are the same people who, are, who, we are, who we are calling negatives, but they're putting out positive messages. So once again, there is, there, we have to see this from a broad perspective. There's a much bigger game being played here. And this is why I said it will not happen in our lifetimes. Now, what I'm, what, I'm not saying that um, you know, things are always going to be bad. Absolutely no, not. Things are now definitely going to start improving. We're going to hit a tipping point. Like I've been talking about this, um, uh, this event, we will hit a tipping point of some sort and we're about to hit it. You know, economic crash in California, they've recently just switched off all the electric. Uh, you know, I think they, you know, all these fires happening in the world, you know, politics is just crazy at the moment. All of this is heading for something, something massive. And when that lid pops open, what's on the other side of that will definitely be better than what's around now. However, it is not going to be perfect. It is not going to be what we want it to be, those of us who are positives. 
right? It will still be a positive paradigm led by negative entities. That is the best way I can put it. The control system will still be in place. It will just now have more of a positive aspect to it. There'll be less negatives than there are now. And some of those negatives, I talk about this, the new world order, they will be masked or they will be replaced with other things. For instance, our freedoms will be taken away. You know, that's one thing that I know for sure. It's already happening now. YouTube is censoring videos, all this. It's all in preparation. You know, cameras are going up so that they can monitor people. All these things are being put in place. But on the flip side, yes, there'll be more people meditating. Yes, the financial system will be a lot more fairer. Yes, um, uh, you know, uh, things like uh, plant-based diet or veganism, at least the abuse of animal will, will become a, a archaic and, and distant. Yes, uh, the monetary system will become a bit more fair. All these things, you know, medicine, pharmaceutical companies will start embracing natural medicines like marijuana uh, and hemp. Yes, all those things will happen. But on the flip side, those things will not be controlled by predominantly positives. They will still be controlled by predominant negatives. So us, those of us who are positives, certainly those of us who are remaining behind, we talk about those moving on to other realms, those remaining, those positives who are meant to be remaining, you know, their job or our job, I could be one of them, is for us to infiltrate the system over time it might be me, it might be my children, my great-grandchildren, over time, and slowly start to edge out the negatives who are controlling this currently positive paradigm. It's a positive paradigm, but will still be led by negative entities. So the next step is for positives to start getting into positions of power, not for them to have control, but for them to start um, uh, redistributing that power um, to the people and back into the matrix, and then the paradigm will change. So that is what I'm saying will take time. That aspect is what I'm saying will not happen overnight. The negatives won't just disappear. They won't just die and, and vaporize in thin air. They will still be around within this game because it's all part of the game. We're shifting from one level into another. So there has to be a gradual shift. Like, you know, it doesn't just become daylight. The sun doesn't just appear. It slowly, you know, you know comes round and, um, and, and, uh, and daytime slowly edges away, or when it's going into nighttime, nighttime slowly edges um, um, into the day. So it's a gradual, slow process. So this is why I tr always try to say to people, when people come to me and say, oh, Martin, you know, everything's changing. You know, eventually, one of these days, we're going to hit a tipping point and everything's going to be great. And I say, oh, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. It doesn't work that way. You know, night doesn't just become day by clicking fingers. It's a slow process we're coming out of the night going into the day and we're only at about 5 a.m at the moment right and we've been at 5 a.m for the last 100 years right we're now starting to slowly hit um uh dawn the sun is slowly starting to come out so the sun before we see the sun in the sky it might be another 200 years before we say oh right now we can see it's daytime now so it's a slow gradual process that we are, we must embrace and be prepared for those of us who want to change this paradigm, um, first of all, like I'm saying, fix yourself. And secondly, if you really want to change the world, start thinking of how you can insert yourself into the game, into the matrix. Put yourself in a position of power. I think there already are people in Hollywood who are putting out movies, for instance, putting out loads of truth. These are people who recognize how this works. These are uh, beings who know how this game works. They know how it works. And they know they can't just come out and just tell people the truth, so they, they put it in code, in movies, 
for those with eyes to see to see. They put it in books. They, you know, in the news, they, 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 they put certain, certain markers or certain things out there. But they know it's a gradual process. And right now I'm in a position of power. I can't come out as a flat earther. I can't come out as a vegan until it's the right time. And now all of a sudden they're coming out as vegans because it's the right time. When the time is right, they'll come out with the flat earth. They'll, they'll start saying, oh, actually, yes, the earth is flat. And you'll say, oh, my God, you know, it's a politician. It's a celebrity. We're seeing it already. Slowly celebrities are coming out, you know, in code or, or fully and saying the earth is flat. So, yes, 100%, I agree with Pete. Yes, things will hit a tipping point. Yes, energy attracts energy. But once again, it's a slow shift of energy. That current must filter slowly because the positives this is the spiritual war the bible talks about the positives and the negatives are at war for the neutrals in the center to try and um uh, uh guide if you like those people who are in neutral zone so the negatives because they're losing are trying to masquerade themselves like robin was saying as positives and they're they're picking up this narcissistic cloak let's call it that and masquerading as positives and saying positive things and doing positive things, positive movements, the Me Too movement, this movement, the Yellow Vest movement. You're seeing all these movements that seem positive, but there's a lot more going on beneath the surface. They're not as positive and as, uh, as, as enlightening as we think they are. There's an agenda behind them. Not to say that they won't have a good impact. They will, because they are waking up people in their own levels but they are being led by people who've got an agenda who want to control uh, the paradigm in one way or another. So the fight has to be taken to the top. Uh, for those of us who are now deep within this matrix, uh, you know, we've got to start thinking of how do I insert myself into positions where I can now be influential enough to gently, not you know, to gently and wisely start to win back control from the top, not from the bottom, from the top of the pyramid. Sorry, Robin, for going on and on. You've been very patient. Um, I'll hand it over to you. No, my friend, I'm just laughing because this is all good. It's good stuff, you know what I mean? And, you know, I always like sitting and listening to you anyway. That's how this relationship with you began so many years ago, just listening to you and just, you know, so I'm good with that. And um, What's interesting, you know, one of the things that um, that I've been thinking about as we've been talking, and I think that I'd like to point it out um, in, in the course of this conversation, um, and I'm going to ask a question. Um, and so for those who are listening, those are in the chat, those are who, are, who will be listening to this, um, ask yourselves this, because oftentimes what happens when we start having conversations that can be polarizing and this is a polarizing conversation because when we talk about the npcs the narcissist this thing that thing we talk about good versus evil those of us who are empaths that are like awakening a bit a part of like you know the good guys the white hats as my spiritual um, mentor calls them um we we want the best we're hoping for the best we are wired we are wired always believe in the best we're wired to go for the best we're wired that way we're wired like that and that has a lot of great features but it also has been part for downfall and it's not because it's it's not because it's a bad thing it's because of our awareness and so it, by by polarizing i mean is 
that we kind of like what we start doing. And when we think about the fact that our conversations in this channel has been about awareness, it's about other dimensions, it's about the idea of simultaneous dimensions, it's about the idea that time isn't linear. We talk about the fact that, you know, we've had visions, Martin, your whole uh, work that you came out with, your seminal work was on these visions and, that you've had um, and memories of the real tangible, you know, space of Eden and everything on the other side. You've talked about that was a real tangible experience and you know that you know it. That's why you took thousands of euros to build models and do all this stuff that you did that none of us knew what you were doing at that time, but you were committed because it was a real thing. So at that point, you were doing something. You were, you were recognizing that you're bringing information from one realm back into another realm, and your mission was to share it. So that right there is dealing with times not linear. These dimensions are all over the place. So we're having a conversation right now that involves all of our previous premises. Because one of the things we have to remember when we're moving through and we're really delving into the true nature of reality, we have to really remember what our premises are, right? What our mission is, our mission statement. And our premises is that as we awakened and those who have been awakening, um, we know that time isn't linear, blah, 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 all the things we've talked about, the idea of magnetism versus gravity, the, you know, the ball versus the flat, all this stuff. So I'm bringing this into the conversation because this is what I think is happening right now in our conversations and the way we're looking at it. Those of us who are empaths, and like you were saying, Martin, and to your point, Pete, and Tracy and a number of other people in the chat there that I've sort of just was kind of gleaning through. Um, yes, we, how could we disagree with the fact that we really want um, that, you know, through the collective uh, mindset from us all coming together and it's been proven that meditating, you know, when groups came together and meditated consistently, you know, crime dropped in various areas, things like that. So we absolutely know that the power of our mind and our ability to meditate and come together is very, it, it, it works. However, it was important to also put the fact that there were groups that, you know, that these groups were, came together and people were on the same page and they sat down at the same moment and did it and that energy went out. So what you're saying, Martin, too, is that back to what is it that you're doing? What is it that I'm doing? What is it that anyone else who's listening to this is doing daily um, to see to it that you're constantly making the changes in your own paradigm and then you're lining up with groups like this so that we can also put our collective energy in, in a way that change will slowly grind into a place that we will begin to see some changes. So the question I had to ask is this morning when you woke up, what, what aspect of your reality did you wake up in? What layer of the reality, which veil did you lift up this morning? Because I contend that we are constantly going in and out of these realms. We, we've talked about this before. We, you know, um, the big thing with the Mandela effect, it showed that, wow, there are a lot of things that are not constants any longer. There are a lot of things that I'm remembering that somebody else doesn't or somebody else remember and I don't. Um, so we've come, you know, Mandela brought us to the place of realizing, okay, there are these alternate realms and we're in and out of these things all the time. And I think that that was one of the major things that that realm was showing us. So 
I'm saying this to say that there, the idea that it's this one global fix for our reality, that kind of goes along the line that we have, that everything is linear. And we, we've come to understand that it's not linear. So for instance, um, I realized that this morning, every morning I go on a walk with my daughter to illustrate, I can tell you, I didn't wake up in the same realm that I was in, let's say even a few days ago. I'm positive because me and my daughter, we go on a walk every morning and we're walking, right? And uh, I passed this mailbox. Well, first of all, in America, you hardly even have those old blue mailboxes on the corner any longer. Generally, they are at the post office. You know, um, the mailman doesn't just collect any longer with the mailboxes, but there's a mailbox in our neighborhood in the middle of somewhere where we walk. So I said to my daughter, I'm like, wow, um, wow there's a, like a regular mailbox right there. <laughs> and I'm like seeing this mailbox, honest to goodness, for the first time. Like I've never, and we walk every single day, every single day we walk and we walk that way. We do different routes, but we walk that particular route maybe three times a week. So um, she looks at me like really in dismay. And she said, mom, yeah, you said that um, a few days ago about the mailbox. I said, I said that about the mailbox? She said, yeah. And I said, I don't remember recognizing that mailbox. If I did, I would be thinking, wow, it's easier for us to take the mail and drop it off right here, the mail that's already posted, than going all the way to the post office. And you know what she did? She looked at me and she said, yeah, and that's exactly what you said when you said it. <laughs> So clearly, and I have zero memory of ever seeing that mailbox before. The changes of our reality are so subtle. I don't pretend to know exactly what these little changes or how we are controlling or how we get to understand how these changes are occurring and how we benefit from them. But I would suggest to those who are listening to this, really start paying attention to the subtle changes in your reality. Because some of this slow moving that uh, Martin is talking about could absolutely be happening, but I think the recognition will A, be on individual basis. And then from those little clues, we will also begin to see how we can continue to, to connect to those changes so that we ultimately can have this, you know, 101 monkey, you know, kind of situation or the tipping point what you guys are talking about in the chat, that can happen. But I think that it happens in that individual kind of way. Because we know that, let's say, in the, in the, community, of the, of the community of monkeys, they didn't have no conversations. They didn't have podcasts. They weren't reading things. They weren't looking at other videos and other books and all that kind of stuff. So obviously, when they got to that tipping point themselves, it was on an individual basis. Each individual monkey that got it, you know, reached that place where then it tipped and then everybody was doing it. But it was a number of them that were doing it all over the world out of their own energy space and their own um, paying attention to their own reality. And that's what I'm suggesting we are. We are all these hundred monkeys all over the place. And so it's not depending upon the other monkeys out there because theoretically we shouldn't even know about any other monkeys. We should only know what we're doing and observing our reality. So I wanted to bring that timeline, the idea that I personally don't think that 
that uh, the convert that this idea is just open and shut black and white you know it's very very complex and i think that for me personally i've spent the time paying more attention to my personal reality and how that's playing off against those that i value and the concepts that i value to figure out how that can continue to move along than looking at watching the larger matrix that could be one way today another way tomorrow another one the next day um evolving so i also want to say that because i got notes here you can imagine between pete and, and then martin what we also have to realize is that we are also now having a very linear conversation as i pointed out we're talking about this idea some kind of linear progression will absolutely happen to get us somewhere but in introducing the narcissistic npc or the npc as a narcissist and this being inserted into the program i believe it's being inserted just like a lot of the mandela stuff had been inserted um and um captured with the various layers of these veils and stuff that those of you who know the mandela i won't go down all of that um you understand how that works and you understand what i'm saying that it that, that the whole mandela thing isn't linear but we are trying to apply a lot of linear stuff here and what we want to keep in mind that's why it's perfect to put a narcissistic program if we just talk about the straight programming let's say this is just a computer game and the and the game maker who you know the the, the game um creator who wants to make sure that they always have a very dynamic game platform that people really won't ever win because okay the game creator is the controller right then putting a narcissist is the perfect program to put in there because narcissists are not linear. They're not linear. They're circular. They, they go round and round and round in circles. You can't even do anything linear with the narcissistic tendencies because they just keep on wrapping it around, wrapping it around, wrapping it around. And so the whole idea, if you have everyone who's, let's say, awakened, all the good, all the impasse, and we just want to mar march along in this sort of logical fashion, do, 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 to our endpoint, and you want to disrupt that, well, then you put in um, a programming that's not linear, that is that does cognitive dissonance, that disconnects everything, that creates this confusion, so that there's not this uh, this logical progression that we're thinking that we're having. And then the other thing that I want to say by example because i am a bit of a pragmatist i'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm spiritual i'm i believe in a lot of the esoteric sciences and all that good stuff i've been a reiki master for 30 plus years so i'm really tied into energy and i really just connect with energy just in, instinctively um and can see patterns energetic patterns and things like that very easily but at the same time i'm very pragmatic so when when i think martin was talking at one point i immediately saw that episode of star trek and probably many of you will know this when i tell you so remember the episode of star trek where the woman the, the female commander which i don't remember her name right now she was actually dying and the negative entity was trying to take her soul and in her, she was, uh, as she was on the, 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 uh, the doctors on the start, you know, on the Starfleet were trying to save her and she was in a coma and all this kind of stuff. But the, the scene that we were seeing was her as herself talking to this negative entity. Well, this ne negative entity posed himself as her father. Right. And so he was sucking her in. Come with me to the light. Come with me to the light. And she was on her way and she was on her way. Then a part of her person or her, her 
consciousness recognized, whoa, this is not something right about this. So she drew herself back. And then when she realized this is not my father, she said, you are not my father. And she had to stand there very firm in the face of extreme evil, you know, and say, and, and hold her place, confronting it and hold her place. And I'm suggesting that those of us who are awakening and those of us who are empaths at this point, and that person that was absolutely classic narcissist, what he was doing, he took the relationship that was most dear to her, most important to her, and then became that person in order to, to, um, to lure her in to this death matrix to recycle her. So that's a typical narcissist. He wouldn't care. I'll, I'll play it that I'm your father just to get what I want. And so I think it's important for us as much as like Martin said, we want to just kumbaya and everything. I don't really believe that we're just in those times any longer. We're going to be confronted with having to look, you know, that this type of energy in the face and stand firm and stand strong and say, absolutely not. No, not, no, not, you know, no, not, you know, because that is what is going to flip this thing and get us to the other side, depending on this matrix to actually just come to some intrinsic place of goodness when it never has, we can go back for what, millions of years now with archeologists and scientists and stuff looking into this thing. And we're still on this path, you know? So clearly to me, if it were going to happen, why hasn't it already happened? If it's just this natural point. Um, I think that me personally, I'm not, um, I'm not going to, to elude, uh, delude myself to think that that's the case. I think that it will. I have, I'm absolutely optimistic about where we're going. And I believe that the work that we're all we're doing will get us there. But it's going to get us there by being pragmatic, looking it right in the eye, and being very clear that we are dealing with something that fundamentally does not want us to win. Because I do believe that this is a matrix overlay. This is not the natural creation of our life form or field we're dealing with right something now something that plans to win it absolutely plans to win in some kind of way we have found ourselves on their game board now we can win but it's not going to be allowing ourselves to stay in the program that we got from little kids don't lie be nice be fair turn the other cheek you know always love your brother you know forgive and forget that program is not going to serve us right now. And those things don't necessarily mean that you're a positive because you do it. And because you don't do those things doesn't necessarily make you a negative either. So I will stop there. I have lots of other notes on some of this stuff. But um, oh, one other thing I wanted to say, because it's a comment in the, in, the, um, in the chat, everyone who is asleep, I want to say that everyone who's still currently asleep, I do not believe they're not necessarily NPCs. So I wanna make sure I'm clear on that, that I'm being clear on that, that I think that a lot of us who were asleep, we were not NPCs because we were empaths. Now, NPC tendencies, sometimes if we're looking at a little bit too much television or listening to some of, this, some of the music that has certain vibrations, certainly, I think we all have woken up in moments of conversation with people or things and thought, whoa, that's not really who I am. Why did I say that? I don't really mean to say that. Let me try to figure out how to back my way out of this or apologize or something like that. Because we can have some of that programming that pops in. But I don't think that everybody who's still awake are necessarily NPCs. And um, so they, you know, they're not mutually um, dependent upon each other. 
So I'll, I'll stop right there. Oh, an atomic clock. <laughs> I'm seeing my notes. Okay, so we were talking about the slow march of time and what have you. You know, this whole idea of the atomic clock. Now, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really come down on really necessarily, you know, using this as a, as a measure for me because I feel it was kind of some sort of made up construct. And then it's based upon all these analysts coming together and looking at all these factors and all this stuff um, to say where we are, if we're at the end game. But you know, the atomic clock, I just looked it up a couple of days ago, is at, it was placed at 1158. Two minutes to doomsday. And it's, it was placed like that about a year and a half ago based upon all these variables that say, okay, we're this close to, you know, annihilation. Um, so for all the, let's say all the waking up that's going on, all of the, the stuff that we've all done personally in our lives, we haven't moved that needle, not one iota back, not even the 1157. So, two, so that's telling me one of two things. Either this is definitely just a phony construct, the atomic clock, um, and it's not going to account for any of the good that's going on because it's not designed to count to account for that energy. And it's just an external signal in the matrix to or a symbol in the matrix to keep people aligned into the doomsday mentality. They march this clock out or we're not doing as much as we think we're doing because we didn't move the hands of the clock back, not one iota. So it's just some food for thought there. You know what I mean? I just kind of want to throw these things out because these are symbols within our construct and things that, um, that we, you know, talk about. And it just brings us back to the idea of, the, of time. And yeah, Tracy, exactly. Who controls the clock? We don't know any of these things. But the point is, these are symbols that I was just reading the comment this is, uh, in the chat. These are symbols that do affect our thinking subconsciously, or it also does the, the, uh, the thinking of others. So this is the kind of thing we have to look at because time is one of the big games that have absolutely played on us all the time. So Martin or Pete. Yeah, I mean, I would love to jump in, but Martin, if you want to jump in first, by all means. No, no, Pete, carry on, carry on, brother. Yeah, so Robin, thank you for that. Um, it's interesting. It's it's as if we're all basically describing the same thing. We're just we're doing it from a little bit different perspective, which I think is great for the listeners because I'm sure there are certain people that align with you know each one of our views. Um, but what you talked about with the Mandela, and you mentioned this in the past as well, and it it's absolutely in line with what I had described um, you know previously with this idea that you know, this is a game, right? We've all talked about this being a game. I think we are the game creators. And essentially because of the fall into darkness, if you will, this, this you know, mothership or earthship moving away from that central sun, losing connectivity, we've now gone in, you know, into this point where we've forgotten that we are the creators of this game, the creators of this world, which in the, in the world being W-H-I-R-L-E-D. It's, it's a world, like a whirlpool. And it's, it's a world stage that resets itself every day. And I think when we go to bed, you know, we often talk about that 3 a.m. Uh, marker. I think at that point, when we go into that REM sleep, where we're uploading our conscious memories to the mainframe, it's taking all that, those bits of data uh, based upon our consciousness level, our, our belief structure, uh, and what we anticipate for the next you know, day and just resets it all based upon the cumulative, you know, total of, of 
you know, people thinking that this will, this will occur. So using your example of, of the, um, the mailbox, you know, the, the best way to explain this would be, you know, if there's 10 of us and we all walk down that street. Now all 10 of us are not going to be aware or cognizant of, of the mailbox. Some of us might see the mailbox. Some of us might see the mailbox and recognize that it's blue. Some of us might see the mailbox, recognize that it's blue and it has a red flag. Um, so the level of detail is going to be, you know, picked up in varying degrees by various people. And so then we, you know, we go to bed that night and all of us m remember walking by that mailbox and based upon the memories that are, are you know, uploaded, it's going to reestablish re that stage, right? Now, if some of us who hadn't seen the mailbox and recognized this color are told that it was blue, we'll adopt that opinion. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember seeing it was blue. And so I think the Mandela effect happens as a result of people talking about certain things and, and inputting certain different you know, pieces of data. But if enough people remember it a different way than what you remember it, it will, because of the cumulative total, you've now hit a, a level of potentiality and probability that says, nope, it's this way. And yet you have a conscious memory of it being the other way. That's what gives you that, that I guess, that feeling of, or a perception of this, you know, what people are calling that Mandela effect. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is, you know, what Martin had talked about, and I had battled, you know, I struggled with this one as well, this idea that, you know, this, these narcissists, if you're calling them narcissists, or these people, this level of, you know, evil influence on this, this, this uh, reality that we live in. Uh, and you'll often hear people that, you know, don't believe in these conspiracy theories, like, who are these people? and Why are they, you know, why, why would they do this? And everybody would have to be in on it. And, and that's just not the case. Um, you know, consciousness will always try to inform consciousness. And it does this through inspiration. When somebody's in spirit and in, in, with the spirit energy, the ion, they will be inspired to create content reflective of that inspiration. And so they might not be cognizant of what they're actually communicating, but they're doing it nonetheless. Now, for those of us that are awake and, and starting to open up and, and, be, and expand our consciousness, we're picking up on those, those signs and those symbols and those things that are embedded within you know, the film and the books and the, and the music. It doesn't mean that the, the people actually who created these things were, were in the know, so to speak. Because I think consciousness will utilize you know, those that are unconscious when it, when it, when it can, when, when suddenly, you know, at the point where the person has that inner voice that says to do something, when, you know, when it taps into them, people when, at the right moment to inspire them. Um, and then yeah, I also want to touch on the idea of the plant-based, you know, the movements. Um, it reminds me of something I mentioned to my wife every once in a while regarding the veganism. You know, vegan doesn't mean healthy, but healthy means vegan or plant-based, we want to call it that. You know, I think with a lot of the adjustments that are being made into our current reality, initially, you know, on the surface level, they are positive. I mean, if, if, if the majority of humanity starts to turn to a more plant-based diet, awesome. Now, to your point, Martin, absolutely, that doesn't mean it's a good thing. You know, there are all these processed foods. These are not vibrational foods. So at the end of the day, this doesn't, you know, mean that suddenly humanity is going to enter a, a stage of, of, you know, healthy living, but it's, I think, a step in the right direction. Um, and I think that goes for all, all industry, you know, all these different, you know, kind of technologies that are being worked on or different, you know, changes that are occurring in, in, in various, you know, I guess, disciplines 
are starting to be more reflective of this idea of, of a spiritual plane. Um, and it's happening slowly. But what it really is you know, interesting to me, and I, I, you know, Robin and I actually discussed this earlier in the week. Um, I was, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of intention. Uh, and what, what it makes me think of is a, a guitar string. And when you tighten that guitar string and add more tension to it, what happens? It, it tends to, the note rises, the sound actually gets to a higher note and it, there's less wobble. And I think that's really what we're you know, experiencing here because everything's vibrational. Right now we live in a lower vibrational, like a lower tension reality where there's much more wobble. And you know, spiritually we talk about as above, so below. You know, scientifically they talk about every action as a positive and equal reaction. I think that's what we see on that sine wave. You know, when, when you have positive thought, there's gonna be an equal and opposite negative thought. When you have positive action, there's gonna be equal and opposite negative action that occurs. Well, humanity as a whole is still in a, at a less, you know, rigid stage, if you will, less, uh, a lower octave. And as we start to raise that energy, raise that vibration, raise of the collective, we start to, you know, tune that wire a little bit tighter, well, that wobble reduces. And so there's, a, there's still an above and a below, but it's not as extreme. And I think as we, you know, progress, we'll eventually get to that point. And absolutely, I mean, are we gonna win this, this in our lifetime? No, of course not. Um, but I think that's the direction we're going. Uh, and, and again, because it's not, things aren't linear, I mean, we have the potential to you know, change this at any time, but it's gonna you know, require a massive awakening. And, and you know, who, who's to, to you know, none of us I think can, can make those you know, claims as to when that will happen. I think we all just do our part in, in trying to, to be that change and trying to you know, help raise that vibration, you know, to, to be along with that Taoist phrase of the rising tide lifts all boats. Um, and so, yeah. Wow. Uh, I've got goosebumps. And, you know, this is just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful vibration from, from all of us. You know, you guys, and I'm so thankful that uh, we have a fantastic team, a fantastic panel, and, uh, and just fantastic energy within this group. You know, we're really talking about some very, very deep concepts, some very complex uh, topics. And uh, like you both pointed out, you know, this, is, this game is extremely, extremely complex. And, uh, you know, it's good that we can have this conversation from different perspectives and we're able to weave um, whatever knowledge or information that we have uh, to try and see the, the full web of the game. So, you know, once again, thank you guys so much, um, you know, for, for your part in all of this. You know, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> you know, you guys were just so amazing in both. I think, I think you covered a lot of, uh, of what I wanted to say. So I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to go too much into detail, but I'm going to try and pick up some points and try and, uh, and just put it into my own perspective, but in the most simplest way that I possibly can. So the first thing that I picked up on from what uh, Robin was saying, um, you know, the negatives versus the positives, you know, these, uh, you know, good versus evil, empaths versus, uh, you know, this, this versus concept is very polarizing for sure. Because once again, those of us on the path don't like to think about negative things or evil things. 
our natural instinct is to focus on the positive uh, because we're positives, right? Uh, but once again, yes, uh, you know, there is a reality to this game. We must also remember that energy does not pick sides, right? We're all talking about how we're doing all this great work on the internet, we're sharing information, where, you know, all these things are coming to light, truth. We're putting out all this positive energy out. We must also remember that the negatives are equally doing the same thing, exactly the same. They're also meditating and doing black magic. They're also sitting around fires and hugging trees to do negative magic. They're also hugging trees. They're also meeting at Bohemian Grove and in nature and using the elements of the nature to influence the matrix. They are also doing these things because they also understand these concepts. But not only are they doing it now, they've been doing it for thousands of years, passed down from generation to generation. So those of us who are positives are playing catch up. We are way behind. We're still playing catch up. So this is the only thing that I'm trying to put across to say to people that, you know, it's not as simple as, oh, we're winning. The truth is coming out. It's all coming to light. It is not that simple. It's a lot more complex. There are a lot more layers to this. Another thing I want to talk about, the hundredth monkey effect, right? Of course, the hundredth monkey effect is, is real. The question is, who's controlling the effect? Who began that first effect, right? We talk about plant-based diet or veganism. Who was the first person to put a vegan uh, documentary out or vegan video out? or plant-based diet vi video out? Is it a positive or a negative? Who controlled that 100th month key effect? That person who controlled, who started that effect has got the energy of that effect. So technically they're in control of that effect, right? So 100th month effect is not always a good thing. It works both ways, right? And even if it's masqueraded as a good, it's not always a good, like we've been saying, with the vegan thing, like Pete, uh, pointed out that vegan doesn't mean good, obviously. You know, there's always an asterisk that comes with these things. So that is something to consider. Another thing to consider is, you know, I have this conversation a lot of the time with, uh, with a lot of people who say, you know, the truth is coming out, everything will be good and everything will work out and, you know, the world will be great. And I say to them all the time, what is great? What is good? What is happiness? What is freedom? Because we all have our own interpretations and versions of that. Every single one of us. Look in this chat, you know, we are all on the same uh, um, frequency. We're all on the same wave. But if I asked Robin, if, I, if you asked me, if I asked Pete, what kind of world, you, you write a blueprint of what kind of world you'd want. We'd all have completely different blueprints of the world that we want. We all have different perspectives of how we think money should work, how we think health should work, how we think society should work. Every one of us have our own perspective of how we would like this game to be. Every single one of us, right? So if those of us who are on the positive side can't even have one cohesive picture of this game, then how are the neutrals and the, and the, and the negatives going to have a cohesive picture? It cannot happen. So this picture has to be painted very slowly and there are many cogs and factors that come in. And this is why it has to take time. And this leads me to my next point, which is um, 
you know, again, I always ask people, they say, oh, things are going to change, you know, we're going to defeat the enemies. And I say to them, okay, when we've defeated them, then what? Let's say we overthrow the banking system tomorrow. What happens? Let's say all the banks close tomorrow. What happens then? Let's say they shut down the grid. Let's say they cut down television and all these things. And we're all left in the dark and we're back to the stone age. And let's say the evil leaves tomorrow, overnight. Let's just say all the negatives leave tomorrow and they leave with everything they've created and we're left with a blank slate, where do we even begin in building this game? We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know where to begin. Now, of course, there are people who are positives on positions of power who would know how to start up a system or social system that works for everyone. But again, they'd be doing it from their own perspective, from their own truth that I might not agree with. At that point, they'll say, well, you do it, Martin. I'll say, well, I don't know how to do it. They'll say, so don't tell me what to do then. Let me do it my way. Right? It's really basic. So again, the negatives are there for a reason. We need them. Right? This handover that is happening, there's currently a handover of power, has to happen slowly and gently. And the negatives know this. There is a galactic plan, 100%. These negative entities who are in positions of power have been given information by universal or cosmic powers that are beyond them in other worlds, in other dimensions, the so-called Aryans or Polarians or, or Hyperboreans or wherever. They've been told that, no, you have to start handing over power slowly and gently to the masses. You have to start slowly shifting things over, but not too quickly and not too violently because not everyone wants that. Again, you speak to the common man on the street. Most people will tell you, Actually, we like the banking system. We just wish it was fairer. Actually, we like eating meat. We just wish maybe animals were killed uh, more humanely. Yeah, that's majority of people. So by us positives, banging things or throwing things down people's throat, we are effectively also becoming narcissists. Yeah, you hear many vegans. Actually, a lot of vegans become narcissists because they're pushing their view of this game on other people. This is a game for everyone. It's not a game that belongs to one person. Of course, there's a cosmic universal time for everyone to shift, but there is a time and place for everything. And that's what we must recognize. And that's what I've recognized in the last couple of years. That it's not about me pushing my truth and telling everyone, oh, there's a place called Eden. Oh, we must stop eating. Everyone believe what I'm saying. It's true. It's 100% true. Yes, it is true. But it's not, I'm ruining other people's game. Those are narcissistic tendencies of me trying to ruin other people's game. I'm imposing my energy on people who may not want that information or that knowledge or are not ready for that game. They're still playing their own game, right? So there is a process to all of this. This is why we must know thyself, fix your situation, put yourself in your place, right? Where am I in this game? And this is what I've been trying to say for the last six months. Know thyself recognize where you are within the game and where you want to go within the game and what you want to achieve within this game for yourself, but also for the collective. Right now, for me, I'm moving on. Like I said, I would really like to move on. I do not want to reincarnate. Even if I stay in this lifetime, you know, by all means, I will not be reincarnating. <laughs> you know, I want to put that spell out. I do not want to reincarnate into this realm. I've outgrown this realm. So even if I had to reincarnate and have the choice to come back and be the president of the world and change things. I don't want to do that. I don't want that responsibility. It's not my job. It's not my passion, right? 
I want to go forth and learn new things in another dimension, another realm that I know exists, that I know is there, and I know where I'm going. That is my path. Now, there are some people who say they are passionate. Look, I don't care about this whole Eden stuff and moving on. I want to fix things here. Right? So you will have to reincarnate. But because you're now at awakened state, you will reincarnate, right? And you will have the power to put yourself to reincarnate into a power, into a position of influence. Let's put it that way. Where you will directly be able to influence things. Right? So you reincarnate into that. And over many reincarnations, those of us on the path positives will start reincarnating into positions where we can influence positive change collectively. This is why I'm saying it cannot happen in one lifetime or even two or even three. This is a long game. It's a long process. Now, for those of you who cannot wait and don't want to wait for the process, then that's telling you it's time for you to move on. You're not patient. You do not have the patience. You do not have the endurance or you've outlived this game. So you must move on. It's not your game to play anymore. Go play the, another game elsewhere. And this is where I am. I'm honest with myself. I'm not up for the fight because it is a fight. I'm sorry. Those of you who are empaths saying, oh, no, you're talking about, you know, duality. And it is a fight. Of course it's a fight. Of course it is. It's a game. There's always, we live in a dualistic world. We live in a dualistic paradigm, right? You, that cannot be escaped from. We are at war. Now, if you don't want to fight the war, then you've got to jump off the ship, get off the ship, get onto another boat where there's a different war. But if you cannot handle the war in this realm, closing your eyes, blocking your ears and seeing la, 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 is not going to win the war. No one ever wins any war by shutting their eyes and ears. You must get involved. But you get involved by starting with yourself, going outwards, from in, going out. Change yourself, change your paradigm, know what you want, know where you are, and then start thinking about, right, in this lifetime, how do I change things? You know, how do I begin to positively influence things? Even start planning for your next lifetime, right? Right, in my next lifetime, what do I want to incarnate as? Where do I want to incarnate? What areas of this reality do I want to influence in my next incarnation? Right, yeah, start planning. Planning for your future, your next lifetime. Start doing it now. So by the time you pass on, and it's time for you to make that decision, you've got a clear map, and a clear picture of what you want in that lifetime that you're about to enter or get into. Again, I plan my next lifetime in this place we're calling Eden at the center. I'm constantly thinking about what we're going to do when we get there. You know, obviously it's not going to be exactly that, but in my mind, I'm preparing myself. I'm getting myself into that mode, into that state. I'm planning for my future. I'm planning ahead. So when I get there, at least I have a map to begin with. Of course, it's not going to be to plan. Obviously, nothing ever, ever, ever goes to exact script. But at least there's a roadmap that I can work with. And I'm not just going in with a blank slate. Right? Again, we talk about we, us versus them. But who's we? Again, within the spiritual community, we are all individuals. We are all still me's. We are all so different. So we have to find a collective coming together and a collective understanding again that will take time it means physically sitting down on a table right physically discussing and saying right what do we want to achieve all of this takes physical action and this physical action involves being part of the matrix it's not something that can be fixed just 
uh, spiritually. So many of us, we want to fix the world just spiritually, put our thoughts in the right place, put our minds in the right place. Yes, we have to do that, but there has to be a physical aspect attached to that change. Yeah, we're talking about the Mandela effect. 